Hello everyone and welcome to A Talk With. My name is Rahasan Productions and I'm here with a special guest to introduce yourself. Uh, hello, my name is James York, aka uh, The Queer Doctor from uh, TTU's productions of The Queer Doctor Adventures or Doctor Who The Queer Doctor Adventures. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, uh, first thing I kind of want to ask you about is your fan doctor because of course, well actually before I get to that, how are you today? You alright? I'm doing absolutely well. I have been very excited to speak to, to the wonderful Rassilon. I've heard so many wonderful things. Um, and obviously, I've been an avid watcher of many of your, I was about to say products. I'm like thinking, yeah, this lovely product here, this lovely product here. Um, but no, I've um, been a massive, massive fan, a fan of, fan of yours uh, since, since sort of like sort of knowing you were in sort of the part of the Doctor Who sort of realm so yeah so this is a bit of a all this exciting nerves and it's like yeah i'm 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 poised and ready it's lovely to talk to you i mean um and thank you that means a lot and um yeah so i, I kind of just want to start off this like by discussing the queer doctor your um your fan doctor because it wasn't yeah. first thing is that it wasn't on tt productions at first was it it's recently moved on to it hasn't it it has yes so um I originally started Queer Doctor um, around sort of 2020. It, I decided to, to go uh, and put it on my own channel. Mm. Um, and then sort of around the time of season two, um, I was working with obviously with the whole of TT Productions. You yeah. know, I, I'm very much one of the founding members as, 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 as many, many are. And so I believe it was Abby, the wonderful Abby Louise, uh, or as I can remember her as Abby of Traken. Um, I know, I know. But the, back in the back in the back in the good old TikTok days. Good old days, yeah. Um, so yeah, so for me, um, what was she kind of said? Oh, you know, I would really would love Queer Doctor to come and join the TT universe because at that time of when season two was coming out, you know, you know, there was sort of, I'm an anonymous, this separate to TT Productions, even though TT Productions was mostly making it. And yeah. I thought, you know what, I'm, I, I, you know, I, I trust them. And obviously I'm still in charge of it, which is uh, a fantastic, um, which is still absolutely fantastic, but still I, I get the, 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 the support and the, the wonderful creative side actually uh, of TT Productions and yeah no it's been absolutely amazing it's absolutely amazing sort of with the journey of Queer Doctor and TT Productions really. Yeah I mean um, I've worked with um, Abby on a few things um, uh, not really writing wise more like I've been a voice actor for the mm. series Scarlet Lust because yep. uh, we were um, voice actors together on a sadly now cancelled project because that was um Harry's serious. Um, it was, yeah. Was, was it shock, Shockwave? Yeah, Shockwave. It's it's sad that it was cancelled, but it, it was mm. good to work with you on that as well. Um, we did a we did a Zoom call in which we acted as characters, which is great. Um, we did. Uh, what's it like, kind of like, because with working with TT Productions, did you kind of because they have kind of a similar thing to what we did on that uh, Zoom call? Like they all get in one call and uh, you know talk. Uh, you know, act it out together in yeah. life. Was it like that before uh, you entered the TT Productions? Like, uh, you moved oh. to TT Productions to create up the series, or was it? 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, when we started Queer Doctor, it was really the first um, sort of, it was the first Doctor Who thing that we actually did together. Um, it was myself, uh, Abby Louise, uh, Matt Barrett, Grace Beard, uh, Lauren Lee, Zach Rosenfeld, and Ben O'Neill, um, that were sort of, prior to sort of doing, or prior to doing Queer Doctor, or any other of the TT production stuff, um, we were just, you know, a, a, a podcast series, you know, we were, we were more, sort of, being more of a fandom aspect, um, and then, you know, we used to have Zooms and, you know, not only, you know, for rehearsals, yeah. um, we used to do with rehearsals very much, um, we would, yeah, Zoom for rehearsals and then people would record uh, their lines sort of in their own time or they, have a, yeah. they had a deadline. Um, and then until we found this lovely thing called Zencast and um, which is fantastic because it is like Zoom, um, but you are recording. It's, it's, it's like a podcast software that you can use. It's totally free. Um, I feel like I should be doing a sponsor. It's like sponsored by Syncaster. Um, not legally sponsored. Oh, yeah. Not legally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, that's what we, we do now, you know. But also with the Zooms, it's a great social event. You know, we like to, you know, see how we are see how we are because we 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 do socialize you know yeah. we have met each other in person yeah, um, pictures. um it looks like amazing meetups i mean you you all seem like great friends especially like you get that atmosphere when you're going on the zen cast because when i was on it um uh, and i'm in a few future projects i believe but um it's it's lovely it's like this lovely atmosphere it's so well organized and um yeah no, i mean you mentioned like the tt podcast i believe they're um they've just started like TT Conversation, which looks amazing if people want to check that out. Definitely yeah, amazing. yeah, that yeah, we, we, we are doing sort of TT chats. Um, yeah, sort of like one by one. Yeah. Um, I believe that I'm going to be doing one myself very soon. So that's going to be interesting. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's great. And also like, we've got a Patreon as well. So, you know, we've got some exclusive content. So like lots of behind the scenes stuff that, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be doing as well. So yeah. Amazing yeah. perspective on it already. I mean, um, yeah. Um, first, uh, on to the next thing, like, um, cause like, uh, how would you introduce like the queer doctor to someone who hasn't listened to them or hasn't gotten into them yet? Like how have you hooked them in? Um, so for me, the Queer Doctor um, is very much an extravagant, flamboyant, sassy, um, takes no prisoners, you know, is very much, uh, you know, I am who I am. This is me, take it or leave it. Yeah. And, you know, that's kind of how I wanted to, to sort of have the series. And to me, it was spotlighting, um, you know, very personal stories. Um, or, you know, very much like have characters who are predominantly of the LGBT community. And really sort of also another thing was blending the modern Doctor Who series with the classic era. Yeah. And, you know, kind of sort of mixing it all in to create the most fabulous uh, brew, so to speak. Yeah. 
And I, I must love um, that you uh, you two ones that start me were uh, Winter Horrorland, uh, Winter Horrorland, and uh, and Feral because I love the McCoy era. I absolutely adore it, and I could assume that you did too, judging by the use of those monsters. I mean, um, because uh, I I haven't really seen the cheese people being used in many audios, and Candyman occasionally shows up, but the cheese people. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I mean, Feral to me is actually one of my favourite stories that I've written um, and to do, actually. I've always, to me, Survival, I think, is one of my favourite uh, Seventh Doctor story. I don't know why, but as soon as I watched it, I instantly fell in love. And obviously, with, with hindsight, it was, you know, it kind of sort of, what if, if Doctor Who remained in the 90s, that's how I looked at it. Yeah. And I've always, when planning Queer Doctor, um, very early on, I always wanted a cheetah pe- people, cheetah person or cheetah people story. And I wanted to set it in Africa. And, you know, I wanted it to, to you know, yeah, I wanted it to, to sort of like, you know, really get into that feralness. And I really wanted to, you know, have this idea of, that we all have something very animalistic and it's whether you're put into the survival of the fittest. Um, but I love it because um, everyone gets gets turned and it's, it's, I just can remember thinking, am I going to have to find those yellow contact lenses that they had to wear and get some fangs? Um, <laughs> almost did. Um, but it was, yeah, it was a, a fantastic, it was a fantastic story to write and it was very easy to, to write I want to take very obscure Doctor Who monsters and give them justice because the cheaty people can be scary and I was scared of them especially when I first saw them I was petrified of them apparently apparently like behind the scenes they were supposed to be scarier but they couldn't like afford the prosthetics like they had like I think Anthony Ainley was on the Comic Con once talking about how they like had these huge fangs and they were like proper like uh, but they ended up uh, going more of the, as he called it, the teddy bear look, <laughs> which uh, yeah, is terrifying nonetheless. I I I really enjoy survival. I think it's like the culmination of all of Classic Who. Like um, mm. McCoy era, anyway, is like a comfort watch for me, which is saying something considering quite a lot of it. Well, not quite a lot of it. Towards the end, it gets quite dark, but it's, the darker stories are kind of my comfort episodes, like Curse of Fenric. Uh, mm. Survival. I mean, Ghostlight. I, I absolutely adore Battlefield. I I think Battlefield is brilliant. It. I, I'm. I love the Sylvester McCoy era. If I had to take an era that I had to basically be locked away mm. for a good amount of time, aka lockdown. Um, thanks to BritBox and my wonderful DVD collection. Um, it was. It was. It's perfect, and especially when it is. The Seventh Doctor and Ace. To me, that is how you do a yeah. a great Doctor and companion pairing. And in fact, actually, Ace uh, inspired me to do the companion of TJ, which uh, I'm wearing right here. The lovely yeah. little artwork by uh, Sophie. Um, nice the art style. It's amazing. amazing. Oh, thank- yeah, no, it's so, you know, Ace, you know, really influenced um me uh, me and she was one of my favorite companions and i actually i think it was this year i got to meet sophie aldridge for the first time and i was going to be composed i was going to be there i was like story a few times but i I think i think you may have heard it on the animal but i um i've met sophie aldridge three times this year 
uh, I've met her um, at LFCC and because uh, she was one of my dad's very companions so we talked about that for a bit and I talked about how like it's a comfort era for me and uh, I met her again at Bedford who Comic Con uh, which was that was delightful because like um, they do these sketches and they did like Desert Island discs but it was like yes. Terry, Mor- Terry Molloy as Davros and so he ordered to play the presenter and like um, we also got to see her play Ace on stage which is great um, but also like um, she she was like um, they didn't have any people to, like hold out the mics and stuff so she came off the stage and she was like handing out mics and stuff and I got um and I brought my because Colin Baker was there as well so I brought my mm. Doctor in Distress final along and uh, oh my Sophie <laughs> and I asked the question about Doctor in Distress and then because she was sitting next to me I just pulled the final out and then she took it up stage and they all read from it it was, it was brilliant. <laughs> And uh, we just had a lovely chat after that about um, a book and everything. And that was like two days before the centenary as well. Like, oh. we didn't know it was going to happen. And she was just trying to like, trying to be silent about it. And then the last time I met her was at LSDC recently. And um, I, because she recognized me when I walked up to her, because I always wear my own doctor's costume whenever I go to comic cons. So it's quite easy to remember what I look like. Yeah. And so we chatted and it was like long time no see. I could see her in the centenary and stuff like that. But it was after the Comic Con when I was walking down the street and I tripped over someone's luggage. Turns out it was just Sophie Aldred. And oh my goodness. She said hello again. And then, um, you know, we just chatted a bit and then we walked to the station. I was on the opposite side of the platform and she was like, she was like over there, I was over here. And she just gives me the biggest wave as her train comes. And I like wave back and it was, it made my year. That like, uh, like that like made my just made this decade for me. Sophie uh, Aldred as oh, it was it was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And she's one of the nicest people, and I I'd say she's one of the nicest people in the Hugh community. Um, absolutely, she, I can like, completely agree. I completely agree. Yeah. yeah, I went to Sheffield. I went to Valiant, which is, was a Phantom event, yeah. um, and it was actually my very first ever convention. I've never been to wow. a convention ever since, wow. and it was Colin Baker, Sophie Aldred, and Joe Grant, mm. uh, 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 Katie Manning. Oh, Katie Manning's delightful. She's a oh. She sat down towards me and we had like a 15 minute conversation and she had the, had the most fabulous boots. And I said, oh, my God, like, and oh, I was just like I was in I, I was in like Doctor Who heaven. And mm. to meet Colin Baker, who actually inspires the queer doctor a bit, I will have to say, um, especially oh, with the yeah. sass and the. Yeah, the way that I was kind of sort of originating the role, I was like, he's going to be six, but a lot more sassier and a, with a lot more camp. I've met Colin five times this year. I, I've, I've met him so much to the point in which, like, I don't go up there for autographs anymore or, like, to take photos. I just go up there to chat. <laughs> it's just the same with me and, like, Sophie and Colin. And it's more, it's more like casual Colin because we'll, we'll, like, talk for, like, 10 to 15 minutes, like like how you do with Katie. And it's like at every convention, I just ask how's your day been? <laughs> it's just, like, it's, it's a wonderful, like, conversation to have. I mean, um, mm. and, and, I mean, talking to Sophie, I mean, she's influenced so many people in the community especially like in, in terms of identity and especially with like it was it was like a big leap like not not too big a leap on the show because they got away with what they could at the time which is sad because they should have been yeah. able to uh you know show a full identity which i believe big finish has because i believe big finish gave her a girlfriend at one point which was 
amazing. Yes, they did. But, like, there's Friends of Ace, and, like, she's inspired so many people. And, yeah, I'd like to talk about, um, because, uh, of course, we, we discussed this beforehand for anyone watching, so, uh, of course, with uh, questions. So, like, um, in, in terms of questions, because I'm a cis pet, uh, my male, I'm as generic as they come very much, so I, I'd like to kind of delve into, like, because, um, of course, like, with your series, it, it's very much based on, you, you inject a lot of yourself into eject a lot of identity in the LGBTQ plus community. Uh, I just want to talk about how, like, that perspective on the show and, like, um, mm. from, you know, just, yeah, just talk about and and that sort of how that has gone into your series and how, yeah, yeah, and just celebrate that side of the fandom. Yeah. I I believe Doctor Who has a huge queer following. Um, it has a huge LGBT following. Um, it has for all of us, for for especially for me as a a queer person, as a gay man. Um, it is a safe space for me. I have met many other LGBT people because of Doctor Who. Um, obviously, you know you have not only people in front of the camera um that are proud allies or you yeah. know who are of the lgbt community but you've got people that are like rossi davis who you know i when i started watching doctor who which was in 2006 i just missed the christopher eccleston era just missed it just about, uh, just about. so i but i had oh god i'm showing my, my age here dvds I had to, I watched the DVDs first and then there wasn't no iPlayer or anything like that. Um, you know, it was, you either had the DVDs or you would, um, you would, you would watch it live mm. and just, it felt safe. And it's, I started getting a crush on David Tennant as I was going to say, as most, most boys do that no, joke. Um, but you know, for me, it was yeah it was a safe space and then as when i was sort of discovering my sexuality and when i was you know not getting it very well received at school you know i was very severely bullied you know from being gay and you know it was a very hard time but what was so fantastic was i could go to these adventures and i could go to people like Ace, who we all knew, we all knew that yeah, she we, wasn't. We all knew. Yeah. We all knew that, that there was something fruity going on there, you know. And I would also say, you know, and that kind of got me thinking: what if the the Doctor had regenerated and was a proud queer person? Hmm. How would he um, react to certain things? And especially when you're talking about going to the past and going to the future, especially going to the past. You know, for me, it was about teaching about what it was like to be a homosexual, not only, say, in the Victorian era with uh, Bram Stoker, mm. um, which I remember uh, writing a certain love scene and a cert uh, certain Jack Reeves uh, playing the wonderful Bram Stoker, uh, the kind of sort of reading the script and he went, oh, oh, <laughs> okay. Okay, this is happening. Um, yeah. Um, and then obviously uh, we have, um, well, all so far all of us as, as, as the, the TARD, the queer TARDIS team, all of us, both in real life and in uh, the, the, the series, identify as the LGBTQ 
plus community yes. so you've got the doctor who is you know fabulously camp you know he's very much a peacock but he's proud of it and there is a a darker side to it there is this case of i've seen what discriminatory discrimination is like and i'm gonna fight it and then you have erin who is you know straight to the point yes i'm going to do that um and then we kind of sort of delve, delve into more of a a same-sex romance with mm. her in winter horrorland and discovering that you know in the future we think it's going to be better but it turns out it's not and then we have tj tj was very very important because originally tj was going to be set into the 1980s and we were going to do a possible uh aids story yeah. but then i thought no i'm going to set it more further into the 1950s okay. and just to think what what was it like as a kid as a teenager because obviously i was kind of thankful that you know you know and i think a lot of young lgbt people don't understand how grateful we are living sort of in the uk you know yeah. because it, it is legal you know we're not criminals you know but back then you know you could be locked up in prison you and not only that you have the shame of the family and you know why not have the Vashnirada, you know invader a fun a massive fanfare you know and um, why not yeah why why, why why not just throw that in that, that that's 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 that's, oh. a, that's the beeline that's the beeline story <laughs> yeah I, I think it's it's really wonderful how you um you know um you know cover identity with the um series i think that's just a I think what's wonderful about fan content is how we can tell those stories, how we can tell our own stories in a way and, um, you know, inject ourselves into it and our identities and personalities and our histories and our, uh, and everything, you know, just, just generally our character. I think mm. um, at the end of the day, that's why pretty much every fan doctor plays their doctor is, you know, to be the doctor essentially, to inject themselves into the role. And I, I think yeah. the way you've, handled it the way you've done it is really just amazing amazing thank you amazing arts and amazing real human stories and uh, i think that's absolutely just the best way because um, oh, thank you that's very kind oh i feel feel slightly a bit a little bit lump on my throat oh that's so lovely of you to, to say that oh don't because you know, oh there's the, the stories that need to be told as well especially and i feel like i hope when doctor who comes back and brassie davis comes back especially i feel like i feel like uh stories like said uh the, the stories that these characters go through that you've created i feel like they need to be like stories like that need to be translated on stage. I mean, Rossi Davis created the amazing Interson, and that that series was beautiful and it was so tragic and so human. And it, it that was... yeah, that to me is is very much a case of I would I would want uh, uh, I would say secondary schools to to possibly watch. Obviously, not all of it because some of it is obviously mm. not suitable. But um, but I would say I I feel and very strongly that LGBTQI plus history should be taught. Okay. It's the same as, you know, the Black Lives Movement and the women's liberation. Mm. We need to talk, we need to talk about, you know, everyone's liberation. Everyone. It should be yeah. uh, inclusive, not exclusive to certain groups and like certain like 
mainly just white men, pretty much. That's what history is. It's it's the white it's the white cis straight men. Honestly, it's they've had their time. It's it's time for us, you know. As, as a white cis straight man, I oh my god! Say, no, no, no I I've just that's read that's you for filth. Oh my god! No, no, I completely agree. To an impossible degree, I I couldn't put it better myself. Like it's like. It's it's at its time. History needs to be inclusive, not exclusive. It does. And it it does. To, you know, it, it's kind of that. It's kind of that idea of history being written by the victors. If it's written by the people in charge all the time, it's like in charge at the time, and like it's influenced by the white men in power at that time. How mm. can we possibly move forward? How can we possibly look at it from a different perspective? How can we? How can we cover history in in its entirety with its focus on one like group and in- oh completely uh, completely and I completely admire Rossley Davis for telling those stories. I mean, I, I went to the BFI screening where they like had some of the cast there and Rossley Davis himself, and um, it was it was amazing hearing the man talk about it and watching all the sad scenes on the big screen and letting out tears. Like oh, it was it it was hard to watch, but. It is something that I think people do need to watch. And it is a very hard thing to do because at that time when it was broadcast, you know, COVID was still a, a huge thing. Mm. And, you know, we were, you know, in a sense, we were sort of in that almost in a slight parallel world. And it, it, it was almost like a Doctor Who story, you know, it was. Um, but, you know, actually saying that um, a little, well, it's not really a spoiler, but um in a future season of Queer Doctor, we are going to touch on the AIDS sub the AIDS subject because that to me is a very important subject for me. Oh, so and important. so important. Yeah. So important. And, and it's it yeah. Yeah, and uh, I feel like um it's stories like that that need to be on the show as well, like the official show. And I hope Rusty Davis takes the opportunity to do that, especially with um uh, Shooty Gatlin taking the role as well. I feel like he's yes. very much similar to your doctor in how. He, do, yeah. do you know what? Oh, do you know what? When? Yeah. Do you know what? When he was announced, mm. part of me was like, yes, living work. And a part of me is like, is that mine and uh, Dominic Martin's love child? Like, is that is that like, is that our baby? Like, like, you know, because obviously everyone knows, uh, you know, the cutie as. Um, as uh, the person from uh, sexual education, yeah. um, I think it, I, I, it couldn't go to anyone else, and I'm so up for what they're wanting to do. I say to Rossi Davis, "Go hard or go oh, home." Definitely. definitely, let's do it. Oh, because my doctor, we- oh, he is. Because my doctor wears heels. He he, he runs in heels. Um, it's certainly it's definitely starving. I imagine heels yeah, is definitely quite difficult, but I'm where is it? Let me just see if I can find them. It's definitely it's a great look. It's a great look. Hang on. Yeah, here we go. This is what these are these are the queer doctor heels. I've actually got the costume. Yeah, yeah, I I, I noticed the uh the the lovely five pounds from ASOS scarf that I was like, that would look nice, that would look nice. Trying to find the rep trying to find the replica is the most hardest thing ever but yeah these are the shoes um five ten minutes fantastic after that yeah it's a bit okay an hour doing photo shoots and running 
oh my god I was like get me some comfortable slippers I'm like I've I've, I've wear heels you know most of the time but you know it's you know those ones a bit so I know how you know other people who wear heels on a daily basis know how they feel <laughs> yeah I mean um never personally worn heels myself but I can imagine it's kind of I think everyone should wear heels regardless of their sexuality or gender I think you know it's nice. yeah. yeah I think you know again it, I mean it's a person it's just a, a personal thing for me it, and, and also my love of drag as well mm-hmm. um which goes on to a very interesting story uh about time fracture I love Time Fracture. That's come up a lot on this show, so please, by all means. Uh, so, okay, so um, I was heading to the very, 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 very last uh, uh, showing of Time Fracture. My phone got stolen. Uh, and so I was absolutely... going? Yeah. And I was absolutely, like, besotted, and, the, and I, you know, mm. was like, the, I was like, right, the police were there, and they kind of sort of was like, right, do you want to go to time fracture or do you want to go to to hospital because i was clearly shaking yeah. of course i would go to time fracture i was like i'm not gonna miss this i get to, I, I get to i get to queue up and i see uh the, the darling uh ollie van ollie vander um who is cosplayer that does all the uh it, it does, they do the miss foster one and i miss foster i actually saw yeah. the, believe i saw them dressed up as sam tyler at fcc yeah absolutely wonderful honestly he's he he was an absolute darling because he helped me you know yeah and then i sort of turned to my left turn turn to my left and um i don't know how big your drag race uk uh knowledge is but but i know of it and i've seen a few big contestants and stuff and just things going around really can i it's tea coffee came over uh, yeah yeah i, I know tea coffee because they did the video with her going into time fracture was that like was that yeah so she basically was like oh are you okay i obviously explained and then um i was like you know just chatting to her but like apart me was like oh my god it's tea coffee oh my god it's tea coffee it's tea coffee tea coffee <laughs> and i said oh like um my friend brandon knows you who plays tj uh, brandon mccaffrey yeah. and without a sliver of like of of a, of of a second, she just goes, "Oh my goodness, you're the queer doctor," and I'm just like, "Oh my god, that's amazing!" What? Like, that's brilliant. Because Tear Coffee listens to my to, to has listened to some of the audios. Oh wow! And genuinely amazing. That's that's brilliant. I'm. Uh, how do you think I feel? Like I'm thinking this is a person who I rooted for. Mm. You know, let's just say she needs to come for, back for all stars. But like, um. And I was just like, oh my God, she knows me. She knows, she knows. Blah, blah, blah. I literally, I literally, I... so my phone got stolen, but I, you know. I think the universe was trying to sort of tell me something, you know. I got my phone back in the end and stuff like yeah. that, but you know, but yeah, no, the time factor, you know, was absolutely amazing. And the atmosphere for the very last show. You felt the community I, and I you went felt to the everyone. One. Yeah. I went to the penultimate yeah. one uh, because I knew more people going at the time because I knew um, Jack was going and I knew a few others were going as well. Uh, yeah. 
balance, etc. Um, so I went to that one, and it was still a lot of fun. I went like six times in the end. Uh, I like there was a uh, one day we were going with um, because uh, I was going up there and Jack was going as well, Jack Reeves, and then just we went once, said we weren't going again, and then just she completely afterwards she just decided, yeah, why not go a second time that day? We went in the evening as well. It was yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, but it was a it was a brilliant experience, and I'll happy thought of it with pretty much everyone who um everyone who comes on there. Oh, I I can that place was I wish they had it ten years ago, but even still, I mean, we had the um experience ten years ago. I never went. I never be- I never went because I couldn't get because I live in Cambridge, so yeah. I'm East Anglia, and obviously it was way over in Liverpool, and so for me that's quite a journey. Um, I'm hoping to go to the World's of Wonder. Uh, exhibit very soon before yeah. it go before it moves to to I think it's to Edinburgh that it's moving. Yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, but no, that's my little sort of memory of uh of, wall of, of memory, wall of memory. Oh, it 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 made me feel it made me feel special, and I rarely get that, and I rarely get that with myself sometimes, and it just made me feel like, oh, I'm doing something that tea coffee listens to my stuff and because brandon had told me beforehand and yeah. but to hear it from her oh yeah, yeah. So, so like the instant recognition i can i can imagine it's like insane i imagine it like you know, like no further like no previous meetings just instant recognition i can't imagine how, like, yeah and i wasn't wearing a costume yeah. I, I wasn't wearing the cost, co- costume i was wearing um the ace jacket so oh, um okay. yeah so yeah so yeah. Just by just by face, but yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine how happy that made you. Like it must have been like similar to because like when I met Sophie Aldred and waved at the train station, it's kind of that sort of similar feeling. I can imagine like it, it, make, it makes your year, makes you just yeah. Yeah, it's right here. I feel it's right here. It could be gas, but um, it's right. It's it's <laughs> right here. Yeah, I feel like. And uh, yeah, so the next thing I kind of want to discuss, of course, is kind of. It's obviously, this show is so inclusive, it's unreal, it's, it's a safe space for a lot of people. I mean, um, obviously not for the same reasons, but it's always been my safe space, it's always been my go-to, it's always been my comfort. I mean, um, mm-hmm. even one of the scenes that um, provided me with a lot of comfort also brought a lot of people a comfort for similar reasons uh, to uh, the LGBTQ plus community, because that was the Fasman scene. Because, um, of course, uh, the Eva the Daleks, um, that scene brought me comfort because uh, it was aired on the same day that my dad passed. So having that kind oh, of wow. beautiful scene, like the music playing in the background, that track was so amazing. Having that kind of scene between these two characters unapologetically loving each other. I even told like Mandev Gill when I met her how much that scene meant to me for those reasons, and Jodie Whittaker when yeah. I met her as well. But that scene and that episode was so important to me. And I think yeah. it was important to other people as well, but obviously for me it's different reasons. What was it like um, uh, for you uh, having this? Oh, my dog is barking at the door. But how was it like for you um, uh, and and your friends and like how that scene was portrayed and how uh, you know having an uh, openly gay uh, well sort of couple and not really a couple yet, but having but there's some there's there's a sort of a, a yeah. bubbling um, sort of representation. How was that for you watching that? To me, how that is, to me, it is a, it's, it's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. Um, obviously, I think there's a lot of fan service with that. Um, but for me, 
it shows that you know we we are a community and we are part of this and we do have these feelings and you know everything like that you know for me it was so important it was kind of a okay this is fantastic to to listen because we've had that i've had definitely those conversations of like oh my god i really like this guy wait a minute it's a boy it's a it's another guy oh my god you know what what's going on and i think with with doctor who and the lgbt community especially with other characters you know characters that are in the closet or characters that are openly you know you know like you know captain jack hartness you know you've got bill potts you know you have yeah you have so many yeah you have so and and obviously you know like um you know other like um like in torchwood you know yeah torchwood honestly the most bisexual show you could ever show (laughs) (laughs) that show is amazing and it's like like it's just it is the most bisexual show on television gotta say like and the way it does representation on there is like oh my god we've just walked in hi marley oh yeah small cameo there although you can't see him although he's determined to it's determined to he's like i'm i'm ready for my close-up mr <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, yeah back to torchwood uh torchwood is it's got a lot of great representation there i love jack and yanto's relationship of course i don't really like john barman all that much but look- i think yeah i i think with regarding john barman i think yeah. yeah it was it was it was a bit of a yeah i'm i'm a little bit funny with that as well but i think that's uh, not the character yeah. of jack splitting it off from the author like the death of the author and all that but character i feel like jack is probably one of the most you know it was kind of like the first open step of the show in a way to kind of show like say that people are represented people are you know we are of course then it took like an ungodly amount of time to have some more representation with uh, bill as a companion but uh, having Jack in series one was such a, it was such a, it was a, a bold new statement. We're here for you. We 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 are including you in this. We can't just have like it dominated by straight white people. That's not what the no, show is. Especially for a show not. where you can go anywhere, meet anyone, be anyone you want to be, and it, and doing good in the universe. You can't have that dominated by straight white men as it has been in the past unfortunately yeah unfortunately and that's and that's the brilliance of the show that's the brilliance of of doctor who is that you know it it's bringing communities together and you know as a as a geeky gay guy you know to me i looked up to captain jack hartness and kind of realizing oh my god that that i wish i could be like that and then you know I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. I feel very much in a sense with the doctor, I think you know I think he's dabbled in uh, there's oh, yeah. no word of like he's dabbled in both both sides of the pond, so to speak, or is in, um, in um I believe it's in the novels there is a lot of chemistry between him and I think it was a companion named Fitz. At the yes. age and Fitz, they definitely had a lot of chemistry and apparently there is some there's some uh, heavy stuff. Some steamy that. stuff. Romantic very steamy and uh it's it's very it's nice to see the doctor kind of because he, he's well not really he they're 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 an alien at the end of the day they don't yeah. really they, they don't they, like if there was one line in series 10 that i absolutely loved and it was when uh uh, uh the 12th doctor was just eating and he was talking to bill about how the time world took a gender 
and how it was like I feel like that's just like into it like you, I kind of casually just passed off how I was a little boy I was a little girl and like how it just doesn't matter them at the end of the day they just, they just they who they are they're the doctor that's all you need to know they're the doctor and whoever they date doesn't matter whether they're the same gender or a different gender or whatever and in the, in the end of the day the show is kind of love incarnate that's what the character is love incarnate they have their dark sides but and they have their mm. hate fueled moments but at the end of the day what the doctor is about is kind of spreading love throughout the universe righting wrongs uh you know providing justice to the universe and spreading love and happiness and being i yeah i couldn't put it better than better than myself you know and that's what it is and you know i think and again with queer doctor that was kind of sort of the overall message is love always wins love will always win it doesn't matter how much hatred there is in the universe hatred has to stand aside with with love and as much as we all love each other and care for each other and you know unfortunately in the lgbt community there is internalized homophobia there is internalized transphobia or biphobia or you know prominent examples like uh right certain writers and actors in the doctor community that um while openly gay uh, have a lot of um internalized homophobia and um uh, transphobia because I believe uh, I believe James Drift is certainly gay. I mean, if, if anyone, uh, any, if I'm wrong enough, please correct. Uh, anyone, please correct me. But I believe he's openly gay, and um, he he goes after trans people all the time, and he I, I think he even like uh, sent a homophobic remark after Owen Jones at one point. Oh uh, my! It was like oh like Owen Bone, uh, Owen Owen Jones was like um he was a. Uh, I believe uh, he, he was bashed in the street and he said, oh, good. That's exactly what James Dreyfus said. And I've had my fair share of dealings with Dreyfus, like, or as I call him, James Dreyfus. Um, he, he mm. one night, uh, I'd only just, like, joined Twitter a few weeks before that, but um, basically he made a transfer t- tweet and I just uh, called his master boring and said, there's a special place in hell for you right next to the pigs, which ended up being more of an insult to the pigs. Um, I was going to say the pigs are probably more fabulous, fabulous than him. I'm not being funny. More, the the pigs are more cleaner than him, so you know. Yeah. And uh, and then um, I kind of just you know spoke out and said, this isn't right. Like genuinely, like this is horrible. It, it's appalling comments. Your master was very boring, by the way. Uh, and like going like because they won't listen. They won't listen to like any critiques that you throw at them. So it's kind of like when addressing a, a transphobe or a homophobe, for me at least, when addressing them, it's kind of like, the only way to kind of, like, talk to them about these issues, because if you do talk to them, they'll, like, throw, like, oh, but they'll just throw, like, a random excuse or something, or they'll even say that they're not transphobic or homophobic when they're being blatantly transphobic and homophobic, and it's kind of like, you have to kind of start off a conversation by, like, sort of starting it with something else and then slowly getting there. It, it's, it's getting their attention. Yeah. And that is unfortunately how we have to deal with a lot of homophobia, transphobia, biphobia, lesbian phobia, phobia, you know, anything to do with LGBT or any anti-LGBT uh, views. Yeah. But the thing is, we are human. Yeah. We are human. We are still on this earth. We're yeah. sharing this earth, whether you like it or not. And I believe it's the case of we're here, we're queer, get used to it. And I think with any of the writers who have done Do- Doctor Who that have been that way or believe in that set, you know, believe in 
been incredibly transphobic or incredibly homophobic or or, or anything like that Terrible you're doing yeah yeah you're doing a massive disservice to yourself because there are loads of people that love doctor who that of the lgbt community and may have like liked your stuff and liked written like your your written stuff um i will not i'm not going to lie i have had a few people um that have kind of sort of tried to come for queer doctor saying why is why are you doing the doctor as a gay as a gay person why is he this camp and ridiculous i think someone said to me you need to turn it down why is it this camp and ridiculous have they never seen the show have they never have they never freaking seen time lash have they not freaking seen like i don't know like oh i'm trying to think of a, a really camp uh, episode. i mean candy man candy man the oh, the Happiness yeah. Patrol. I mean, uh, have they have they not seen like Battlefield is very oh, good. Oh, can't manage you there. It's just off the scale. I mean, even yeah. they, like even back in the sixties, it even managed that campus, and that was the sixties for God's sake. I mean, yeah, I yeah, because in nineteen sixty-seven, uh, homosexuality was de- decriminalized, so that would have been around Pat Troughton's time. Yeah, um, I mean, the Second Doctor and Jamie are definitely a couple. Just oh, saying, yeah. oh, completely. Completely, I swear. But they're almost like ultimate couple goals in a weird, in a weird way. I kind of want them to succeed. I'm like, Zoe Harriet, love you. You know, you're fabulous. But move, give me my boys. Give I mean, me my boys. With Big Finish kind of doing season six B now and bringing Jamie back alongside Second Doctor on his own. You know, they could do it. They could do it. Could- I think there's got to be something. I mean, like. And and this is where sexuality comes into come to it. They could, you know, Jamie could be predominantly straight, but like he could easily have maybe fallen in love with the Doctor because he's had a lot of adventures and there's a, a mutual understanding maybe. But you know, I think again coming back to the criticisms of why make something queer, why make something you know like Doctor Who queer or do something like that, is because you why not? You know, at the end of the day. I'm do I'm doing this, you know, not only as a creative outlet and to to really help me, and we'll probably go into that a bit more later. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's to help young LGBTQI plus people to know that there is a, a queer doctor out there, or there are predominantly queer companions, and we go onto these adventures, and it's all about love say today. And if there's people that have written for Doctor Who or starred in Doctor Who that have the um that have these particular nasty views all i have to say is sachet away because we do not need you gonna pull it better myself and, <laughs> ah, yeah. love a bit of rupaul i mean uh yeah so uh moving away from the kind of horrible side of every you know writer and everything and these all all these actors i mean um yeah, I mean, with with the show, as you said, it, it's a safe space for people. I mean, even like uh, um, Pride, and I think it was two thousand eight, they showed like the fi- they showed Journey's End because people couldn't um, people couldn't make it home because it was on the same day, so they just showed Doctor at Pride. That's how um, like that's me, brilliant, it's incredible because that was like television event of the century. Oh, that to me. Stolen Earth and Journey's End, that to me is how you do a finale. And no, I'm not going to say. Ah, and, um, I, another finale I really love actually that I discussed last time with Aiden, uh, or was it Jen? 
Well, no, it was James, actually, James Sutton, which might not be out yet, because that's an ungodly long episode. My dog is marking you. He's, he's, <laughs> he he agrees. He's like, yes, yes for the journey's end. Uh, it was, um, what was it? It was uh, Last of the Time Lords and that three part. I find us really overhated that one. Really overhated and underrated at the same time. I don't, I don't mind it. Is I it is it, it one of my personal favourites? No, but I can appreciate it. And I can fact that bringing back the master and to me it was about okay so we've just to me it was about up in the ante of the finale so you have to think it was the battle of torchwood and it was having thousands doing the the age-old question who would win in the fight Daleks and cybermen okay so now we've got the master what would he be like if he infiltrated the world Mm. and i think it's a fantastic political thriller oh yeah um fantastic political thriller the second part is probably one of my favorite political stories of Doctor history. I think that's it stands mm. out as like it, it's amazing and it really shows off the Doctor's chemistry of the Master as well and reintroduces it in a new way. I mean, yeah. I mean, talking to the Doctor and Master, there are there are there's obviously some of them there. It's pretty evident from like all of the show that they are the now you know partners because it's because yeah. The, uh, I feel like who's your favorite like Doctor Master couple? That is a very good question. In a weird way, and it's going back to Seven, it would have to be Seven and Ainley, just uh, Anthony Ainley, because I think Anthony Ainley created that wonderful role of, obviously, you know, Roger Delgado did it, you know, beautifully, started it fantastically. And, you know, obviously there were other masters beforehand, for like one-time masters. And so for Anthony Ainley to be this conniving, evil but then since still have that sort of camp sensibility oh. and then to uh, uh, yeah i would have to say seven and only or if i if i had to go to modern it would have to be 12 it would have to be 12 and missy even mm. though i am still of the still of the of of the the feeling that missy should have been the rani oh that's an interesting take I I really she should have said well you should have called me the Rani I really I really would have liked that not to say that you know having a female master yeah, yeah shouldn't happen because I think it should I think it really sort of opens some boundaries of if you could do a female master you can do a, a female doctor and heck you could do probably a male Romana and Rani yeah. that would be very interesting to to to, to do really you know, to kind of have that sense. They do, yes. So it's good to it's good to gender bend. It's good to gender bend some 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 acts, and it's it's an experiment. It's an experiment. Um, as long as you know what you're doing, and as long as you know what oh, yeah, cool. it's it's you know well in a sense going back to well into Horrorland actually we gender bend the the celestial toy maker played by the wonderful uh, Chelsea Lagan, and it was written beautifully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was written beautifully by uh, Ben o- by Ben O'Neill. Um, he actually is was the first writer out uh, apart from me that has written the queer doctor, um, oh, wow. and he's been a, he, oh he's been an absolute godsend. He's been an absolute godsend because he was there was a time where we were doing season two or I was writing season two. And I was just like, I was getting writer's block with two stories. Yeah, I'm going through writer's block right now. It's, oh, it's hell. It's hell. It is, it is. For those who, who want to do their own Doctor Who series, 
do it, but be aware that there are that you're going to get if you're going to try and write a whole series, you're going to get writer's block galore. And it's going to be the case of I don't know what to do. And then I I don't know. I'm trying to remember if he asked me or I asked him, I said, could you have a look at this script or yeah. like look at this story outline? Can you do it? Can you write it for me? And he wrote Knights of Stockbridge. He twisted it and turned it. It was absolutely brilliant. And I said to him, well, if that case, write your own, write the season finale, uh, which would ultimately was Winter Horrorland. I said, it needs to include the toy maker, it needs to include Candyman, and it needs to include a love story between Erin and a recurring character um, that was come, that was 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 coming back uh, called Jennifer from the Nightmare Museum. Um, I like to sort of interlink my yeah. OC characters in sort of the universe. Um, uh, yeah, I had to discuss with James, and I don't know if that would be out yet, but he kind of like, compared like, Russell Davis kind of plays like 4D chess with all these characters, like, and, like even like the hand of the 10th Doctor played a big role in Torchwood, and then it came back in Series 3, and then played a big role in Series 4. It's kind of like interlinking all these like characters and plot points. It can be a lot of fun when it comes to uh, when it comes together, movie. yeah. When it comes together, yeah. I mean, uh, but yeah, what's the um, future looking like for Queer Doctor? Because now you're on TT Productions. I mean, obviously without spoiling too much about what's coming ahead. Like, yeah. What's your um? What's your sort? Of- uh, so uh, at this moment, we are doing our first spin-off, which is uh, Melvin's Mysteries, uh, which is coming out in September. It is um, starring uh, Matt Barrett. Um, who is a TT uh, staple. Um, he plays the wonderful Professor Ian Melvin, um, who was in the Nightmare Museum. And he basically um, gets a little gift from the Doctor, um, a little robotic dog. Uh, and uh, they kind of have a few ventures together. And then as for Queer Doctor, we um, season three, is ready in the pipeline. Um, we oh, are hoping to, yes, we're hoping to cast very soon. Um, and let's just say season three is going to really up the ante and it's going to, there's, 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 this is where the story really kicks in. Um, for me, I've made a full season plan. Um, and I've always said that it's four seasons and then we're done. Um, so we're now halfway through. And um, shit hits the fan, basically. Um, I'm not going to... <laughs> I love to hear it, though. I mean, I love it when um, shit hits the fan in fan productions, because, like, us as fans, we can go truly bonkers while writing. We can... It's limitless. It's, it's, a, it's a toy box. We can do pretty much anything. Yeah. As long as it, like, doesn't cross any boundaries or anything, like, you know, uh, when it doesn't become Doctor anymore. But, um, yeah. I mean... Um, probably uh you know there's plans of techno in terms of that but i won't spoil anything like in terms of doing stuff that's not inherently doctor who and putting a doctor in that situation but i won't spoil any plans yeah but yeah so i think for me season three is gonna and like i said uh, we've got the scripts ready um we're just gonna be casting i've already cast a few uh main roles um so just watch this space. Um, obviously, we've got our Spotify. You know that we, you know, all the all the stories are there. If people want to have a li- have a listen as well, um, great to have it on there as well. Great to have it on Spotify because it makes it pretty accessible to everyone. I mean, I know YouTube is really accessible as well, but Spotify is kind of dedicated to audio, so I can imagine yeah. 
quite. But um, yeah. But I have a little bit of a question for you. Ooh. What? Yes. Um, what was your first thoughts on listening to the queer doctor? I mean, as I say, I I absolutely adore. Like, it, it's the way like with how you inject, you know, representation and uh, yourself into the role. I think that was the main main thing that starts me. I absolutely love how Gambit is. I love how it dials it up. Um, you know, I, I just, and especially with the seventh Doctor villains, I absolutely love their inclusion, as I mentioned. I think, um, yeah, I just really felt like it was really human. And I really love that when it comes to fan productions. I really love when writers and actors inject themselves into the role. I mean, I'm doing the same with Techno, and I'm sure pretty much every fan Doctor does, but I really love how you did it with this. And uh, the scripts are really well written, and it, it all came together beautifully, like really well edited, really well edited. That was, yeah, that was, I, 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 st I started from scratch. I literally started from scratch. I started doing the usual jigsaw that used to take almost a full weekend to do one episode. And now it's, I can do one episode almost a day if I, if I had my uh, cup of coffee in the morning. And to me, it, 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 and I don't know whether it's, it's with, with you, but it really helps your mental health sometimes. And it really sort of, it saved me from lockdown because obviously lockdown was really hard. I had, lost my granddad uh, in the midst of it not from covid but from um just 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 be just no 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 it's it's fine he's he 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 went just before my nan's birthday so you know that was his get out of jail free card <laughs> so um but you know it helped me it really helped me and again it was coming back to the idea of the doctor who is a safe space and it's a it's a and for me it keeps me going and yeah. it keeps me going that there are people in our community that like to listen to it because honestly especially i still consider myself as a new new newbie doctor you know i'm kind of like do people like still want to listen still people like and i and i get those thoughts of oh my god no they're not gonna like this oh god no, no. you know i i get a lot of self-doubt I think at the end of the day, people really enjoy your content. I mean, tea at coffee listens to your content. So I know. <laughs> but also, like, I started in 2020 as well, actually. Um, back in, like, it, I think I started a week into lockdown or something. I can't yeah. remember exactly when I started. But, um, and it was, uh, I didn't know anything about audio editing or even, like, I hadn't, like, even written a story before then. I just kind of threw mm. myself into it for... I'd be good at this, so I passed my English GCSE, so I must be good at writing. So I thought, why yeah, not? Yeah, yeah. And, and the thing is, you know, you know, for me, writing really helps, and you can really get get there. You know, yeah, there's a few storylines and a few scripts that originally, you know, were supposed to be a part of it, but, you know, lo and behold, yeah. like any other production, they just didn't work out. Yeah, so, that. you know, yeah. And that relates back to, like, how what i was saying about you injecting yourself and injecting um you know how how it represents which everyone in the lgbtq plus community yeah like how that how that kind of works is like like with um it can be therapeutic to do so it can be just as important to you i can imagine it's just as important to you as it is to like to tell these storylines as it's much yeah. to people that listen to them because yeah imagine how like like amazing it must be to feel represented in something it must be yeah like 
can. I'm pretty much represented everything as I said. I'm a, I'm a generic. Yeah, but, but, but even, but even still, you know, you, you, until you see yourself or until you do it yourself, you know, because I, this is going to be short news, but I wasn't really supposed to be playing the queer doctor. I wasn't. I was supposed to be more. I was supposed to be more behind the camera, and you know, but because um, I was with my best friend, was my best best friend Jack, and me and him when we were very young, we used to play Doctor Who, yeah. and used to come up with Doctor Who storylines, and he would be the Doctor, I'd be the glamorous companion, um, both female and male, um, and you know. I just didn't want that to stop and so I kind of sort of said oh you know I'm thinking of doing it and you know for whatever reason he was like look I don't think I would want to do it how about you and I went I don't think I could play a doctor I don't think I could do it and then yeah yeah I mean you play the doctor and very successfully and very magnificently I mean you play amazingly in the role you're amazing in the role um, but yeah, I, I, most of my ideas came from my childhood as well. I mean, Dark Days uh, came from like when I was a kid, I'd write story ideas and I'd write these lists of doctors. Mm. And I, I hadn't watched uh, stories like Megalos at the time, so I just wrote Megalos Doctor and like Gango oh. Doctor. And like when it, like, and it, I'd come up with all these crazy combinations and everything, and I'd play the doctor in the playground. I did very much the same, uh, even though. Not many people in my school liked Doctor at the time, and it were, they were Catholic school. They were very quite. Oh no! See, I see, I went. Yeah. Whenever I mention I went to Catholic school, everyone kind of understands. I so I went to my primary school. Um, is uh Christian? Well, it's Church of England, but it was very Christian based. It would be nearly every single lesson we would have to say the the Lord's Prayer and that malarkey. So you can imagine, sort of, you know. Yeah. Two little like geeky boys, you know, taking the quiet area because it looked like the proper TARDIS. It looked like a TARDIS yeah, console, yeah, yeah. and we were playing, you know, and doing all this gobbledygob and everything like that. Oh, it was yeah. so much fun, and you know, to to put it on the screen and, like I said, I mean, dark. I mean, what was it? Did you say it was dark days? Yeah. Oh, it's it brilliant. Even yeah. like techno and the film I'm making because I have the really, because I'm a, I'm going to uni I'm, I'm going to be a film and screen student soon so that'll be fun. Uh, Excellent. So I, I decided to make the film that I'm making because of obviously I've been through a lot this year. A lot of the life changing events have happened. Yeah. So I decided to kind of channel it into like my creative process into like do it. I do and I like I, I I did just film a scene yesterday actually and I think it was one of the. Uh, biggest uh, scene I've ever recorded. It was insane. Oh wow! And to do it, I I say to to anyone who wants to do Doctor Who stuff, do it. Yeah. Don't let don't let you know us who who have done it for some time or people that have done it for years and years and years or you know people that are you know going into think you know you, you know yeah. you got to think we all have to start somewhere you know and like I said, Dark Days is fantastic. Your your work is absolutely amazing and it's no honestly it is it's fantastic and we have to celebrate each other i think you know and that's sometimes what's the best thing about our community is that we celebrate each other even if it's just a simple retweet or if it's simple like or you know it's a simple i know or yeah i mean i've been shouted out twice i still would like i mean obviously i don't know what he's doing at the moment but i would love you know to to do almost like a myth makers sort of film thing with him and but he, I can remember when he 
when it, I think it was his first or second episode, he 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 said, Doctor Who, the Nightmare Museum. I swear to God, I screamed <laughs> more. I screamed in the key of Mariah Carey Wolf Whistle. I was like, ah! <laughs> Oh, that is the best description I think I've heard for anything ever. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, uh, oh, I believe I've got, I've got a badge in my coat and it's just almost stabbed me, which was a... Uh, <gasps> Nautico. See, this is see this see this is the thing. Like with, with with costumes, it's like sometimes they can be absolutely lovely to wear, but this scarf is a bane of my existence because when I try and take a photo, it just switches. It just just this. I'm uh, like, no, I want to take take this. No, don't just just that. And yeah, this is a. I thought you know just just show it off and you know, yeah. and obviously you're wearing your. Is that is that your techno doctor? Uh, no. Just pretty much just what I wear in general, really. I mean, I, oh, I, why I, not? Why yeah, not? Yeah, I, I, um, I go around kind of like my ca- I, my casual wear is kind of just I wear suits all the time, like literally all the time. I, I've worn a t-shirt twice this year, and I, I wear like all these different suits. Uh, this shirt mainly, actually, the Colin Baker season twenty-two shirt and shirt. And I, I was also say. I also brought um uh, one of John Pertwee's Freddy shirts recently, and I wear that quite um quite a lot of the time as well. And I, I like wearing trench coats as well. Um, yeah. That that's a. Uh, I like wearing long coats. Like I have a red one, a green one, um, a beige one, and I like wear them all the time, pretty much. I mean, um, I, I think it's just to, you know people just to express themselves at the end of the day. I think that's just. And that's and that's fantastic. Cool. And that's all. And that's all. You know, as I think us who fans we want to do is just express ourselves. Yeah. You know and. You know, when we hear the little groanings of the TARDIS, you know, you kind of sort of like, where are we going? You know, it's, life is ultimately adventure. Yeah. It brings people hope. It brings them joy. I mean, the TARDIS in itself is very much a safe space. And I think, really, I think the TARDIS can really represent the Doctor Who community. And it seems small on the outside, but as soon as you head in, it's this huge, welcoming, it's just so magical. And like, although you have like Twitter and Instagram, which it can be uh, hellscape sometimes, a hive of oh, yeah, completely. I think some people need to be banned off Twitter, but that's not, but that's a story. That's a conversation for yeah. another day, darling. But you, yeah, but you dig deep enough, and you find that you you find your group of people. You find the people that like writers, creatives. You find people that you know. Yeah, you know, uh, and you are and really just enjoy being with you. And I think and yeah. And that's what I would say about the people that are like TT Productions and of course, you know, they're, they're to me, they're not just people that I do audios with, they're, they're really lifelong friends. And in fact, you know, they really helped me through difficult situations and, you know, we all help each other out. But ultimately, my doctor isn't a doctor without his companions and I have to thank Grace and Brandon for being absolute sports and just for really and and for anyone who has voiced or, or done anything for for queer doctor you know and and you know to to really just make make someone's dream come true i know how that's corny how they sound and even speaking to you it's like a, it is almost like a dream come true in in a way wow that that means that does mean a lot it really so does. you know it's you know we we all want to support you know it, it, yeah. it it's it's magic. It's absolutely it's absolutely magical. All right. So, um, so uh, the next thing I kind of want to ask is more or less the more about the origins of your characters. So, like, yeah. of course, you've we've talked about you and Jackson, like, 
yourself into it. You, you're injecting um, uh, LGBTQ plus history and uh, representation uh, mm-hmm. and, and sort of the general origins. But like when it actually came to um, lockdown and starting in lockdown, what was your kind of creative process? My dog is barking again. He That's really, all right. I don't know why. He's never, he's never barking this late at night outside door, but I'll let him in in a minute while you talk about like... Uh, yeah, sure. What's your no. creative process like in lockdown? Because that's kind of a... Yeah. Um. So when I started with Queer Doctor, um, I there was a lot of, lot of ideas in my head and it was the case of, okay, how am I going to present it? Okay. The only way that I could think of probably presenting it in the best light is to do from audio because I was a huge big, I still am a huge big Finnish fan and, you know, thinking, okay, let me start writing some scripts. So what I tend to do is, or what I tend to, what I did was, as was, I thought, okay, do six two-part stories. So that's 12 episodes. So that's basically a, um, a, a modern series. Yeah, run. Modern series, yeah. You know, so, but have it with two-parters because I love a cliffhanger. You know, I think right, a cliffhanger. Is, love a cliffhanger. I love a I love a good cliffhanger. Side note, what's your favorite cliffhanger? My favorite cliff. Oh gosh, you really put me on the spot for that one. Oh, how dare you? Um, <laughs> I am gonna have to say my favorite. I'm gonna go for my. I'm gonna have to go. I think it's the one that really sort of like really sticks into people's minds. I'm actually going to go with the very first Dalek cliffhanger. Mm. We don't see the Dalek, but we see something coming towards Barbara and she Mm. lets out an almighty scream. Yeah, it's a classic. It's an amazing cliffhanger. It's, it's, yeah, no, it's, it's brilliant. But yeah, so I, so I was like, okay. So the original series was going to have, it was going to be Earth-based or slightly Earth-based. We weren't, you know, Erin was originally called Madison and she was going to be a history student and she was going to become sort of this punk rocky girl that, you know, was, you know, very much the case of, you know, there was elements of like, I'm very smart and I'm going to be really punky and I'm just going to be full of attitude and, you know, kind of sort of the doctor sort of takes, they're, they're kind of almost like a sibling rivalry kind of. Um, but then I kind of had this sort of epiphany moment of, we never really, in the, especially in the modern series, we've never really had a female companion from the future. Yeah. And, uh, right. Hmm. Yeah. We haven't had, yeah, we haven't had, had a lot properly from the future. Yeah. So I said, okay. Then came Deep Space, which is the first story. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, we're not going to sit on Earth. We're going to be, it's going to be something around the planet, but it's going to be on a spaceship. Mm-hmm. In hindsight, I didn't know coronavirus was going to be a thing because it's yeah. about plagues and stuff like that. Yeah. And then introducing Erin. Um, who was originally going to be played by a friend of mine, um, but she couldn't do mm. it. So uh, Matt Barrett said, oh, you should check out Grace Beard and just mm. ask her. <laughs> and I'm sure if you go to interview her at some point, um, oh, she will probably... Oh, sure. 
she'll she, uh, honestly she's she's one of my very closest friends um so is Bram. so i think nearly everyone in the, in the tt productions but like you know she reached if it really wasn't for her i don't think queer doctor would have stayed like mm. stuff season one it wouldn't yeah. stand and she was nervous and you know she would yeah. like hi no, hi no. hi and then i was like right and then it, it is with any series with season two season three and with season four i've got all my seasons planned i even got yeah, the finale yeah. planned i even written the first episode of the finale finale already and that's probably going to come out in like 2024 so you can imagine kind of like my brain's going yeah you know so um but yeah no cat might be joining us in a minute (gasps) oh he's so cute my eldest cat his name is tommy and he's 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 a ginger cat and have you jumped so oh don't can can, please he'll he'll, he'll jump up in time he's quite old now he's around 16 17 Oh, that's that's yeah. good age for a cat because oh, yeah. I'm I'm a huge cat person. I love cats. Oh, here he comes! Here he comes! I think here he comes. Here he comes. Yeah, he's he's struggling to get up. Come on, buddy! Come on, you got this! Oh, there we go! Come on, up here! Okay. Oh, <gasps> hello! Yeah. Oh, is he door? Oh, he's so adorable! Oh, he's like, yes, I'm here. The party shall start. Um, but yeah, so for me, it was very important to have a character to have erin uh very much oh, sorry. i can't i can't say it. gorgeous cat <laughs> gorgeous cat um but yeah but no it would for me it's like i go by figuring out what the titles are going to be first then the storyline yeah then it's same. yeah you know i can remember i mean some store st- uh some titles originally for deep space was going to be uh, the Toxicast incursion. Um, Hills Are Alive was going to be called um, the Dr- the Deep Drowning. Uh, yeah. Rooms of Rooms of Scaro, which kind of all had of Scaro in the title, hmm. but it, it it was something else. I can't I can't particularly remember. Um, we were supposed yeah. to have an Ice Warrior story in season one. Oh, I um, love the Ice Warrior story, but I suppose. Yeah. It, it we, we we work with the script is there and the, we've got some of the cast but you know sometimes a project sometimes the story just doesn't follow through yeah it doesn't but ahead, yeah. yeah but um but yeah no for me it's the case of what am i writing i write the story outline of what i'm going to include so from beginning middle to end I have the cliffhanger um mm. i then write it um I then sort of like go to uh so for example if ben when ben wrote um nights of stockbridge and went to horrorland he went towards he went to me i read it through i made lots of notes and corrections yeah. and well not not lots of corrections actually he was he's a fantastic fantastic writer and you know when i don't know whether it's when you have the opportunity of your character's being written by someone else. Mm. Part of it, a part of you is like, I really hope they do justice. And you feel protective. You feel ultimately very protected of your characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah I um, get that feeling, yeah. So for, for me, it's, it's, you know, but he did a fantastic job. He did an app. I, 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 as soon as I read the script, I was like, oh, we're going there. Oh, we're, yeah. oh, we're, we're, we're going there. 
but yeah my writing process and that's with anything that I do writing wise um yeah I think of something and normally it happens when you least expect it and as mm. a writer you could be doing so I I, I have a, like a nine-to-five office job and so I'm just writing right so I'm just doing my reports and then just suddenly what if we had like a story where I mean it's not going to be a story but if people want to take inspiration how about we do like the zygons but like on like a like a really spongy planet hmm hmm Hmm. i I usually get ideas like 3am or like it just happens it just completely out of the blue it's it's always like it's always happened and most of them don't go ahead like most of them it's just having the idea writing down a few things see if it goes anywhere if it doesn't that's just another Google Doc that's going to be permanently in there now and I'm not going to bother like, My Google, yeah, my Google Docs is, um, yeah, I had to, I had to do a bit of, bit of, bit of clearing because uh, there's, there's, there was a lot of just like half-ended scripts and you're just thinking, oh my god, I... my one is so bad that my storage is full on my email, so I can't receive or send emails, nor can I make any new Google Docs. The... <sighs> That was the uh yeah that that started the other day which was <laughs> I didn't expect and uh, I've got to clear uh, go clear a lot of it now but um that's just one of my emails so I'm setting up a few more you know so I can still continue to do what I do yeah this is the first time I've actually put a pet on my channel I haven't actually uh shown any of my pets. I feel I feel very lucky I feel sort of sort of blessed that we have the uh, the first pet on your channel you're all right you could just boy at you yes yeah. you are he's looking at me what on earth is that on the screen <laughs> it's another human yeah he's purring at the moment he's he's making a, a little purse he's a, he's very um he's very um this cat usually uh purrs more than anything he's not really uh he, he meows for food constantly. He, he eats a lot nowadays, like a lot, a lot. But he's getting old now, so, so yeah. But he's yeah. still got that youthful spirit. How many times done? Oh. But uh, yeah. Uh, so going on. So you also make music. Uh, yes. You were in, as you mentioned while we were off call. You uh, talked about um, not to the community show the awards, and you actually won an award for your uh, for your music. I- which was i did i did yeah yeah, i just thought i'd ask about the music making process what it was like to win that award even though it wasn't really as serious like a board like proper like it was still like it it was it was i can imagine it was a grand like kind of gesture in a way it was it was was so empowering in a way do you know what so when i i had did music for my own stuff with Queer Doctor and I use Music Maker Jam and I'm very much the case of a music really can sell a scene and I'm very much the case of I really want to make people I don't want music to overpower something I want it to really make the scene just 10 times better yeah um so uh Abby Louise who was in charge of uh uh, uh, before Vastra, uh, which um, is a fantastic um, uh, Paternoster Gang prequel series. Um, the fact is that that was her first time writing and being in charge of a series and yeah. getting the attention that it got, you know, really helped. Re- I think it really sort of helped. But yeah, I was I was nominated and I was thankful for a, for a nomination. 
and you know when you're sort of like you get nominated and it comes to the award yeah. ceremony you know i was it was new year's eve i was with uh my mm. dear friends um we were all around a house and we had papa john's we had fewer vodka and lemonades in us and I was but a part of me was like I'm not gonna win I'm not gonna win I'm not gonna win um and then I I was shocked I literally I I swear I I just I just did this and obviously Joe Eddings uh uh, presented it because I won Mm. also for for Venus Flint yeah uh as well and to to win Mm. and being it being a newbie and I, I've never done musical training at all in my life. Yeah. I've yeah. never done any singing uh, yeah. or like any like playing instruments or anything like that, you know. And to me, it, it was like a, a booster. It was like, oh, my God, my music, is, is it that good? And, you know, I get told by, told by TG Productions and, and, and people that do listen to my music yeah. that it is really good. And I'm like oh my god thank you thank you so much because i would rather someone say to me your music's not that good you could do this and be constructive criticism i can take that um but when but when just like you know it's brilliant and to me i love making music it's it's another passion for me i love music i'm a huge music you know i can I love dancing music and, and, and you know I think Doctor Who and music oh, you yeah, know there's yeah. certain certain songs you know and I mean, you know going back to the McCoy era I think that's got some of the most atmospheric music in the entire show some of my favorite tracks I mean Curse of Fenric, Battlefield, yeah. even like season 24 like Dills and Abandonment, season 25 uh Remnants of the Daleks I mean, survival survivals <gasps> do, 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 do. that's scared me uh, that is so i can play that on the piano and obviously i did a little when when doing the music actually for feral i actually wanted to, to pay homage to mm. that music so i did a bit yeah, I, I did yeah. like a little 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 twink little twinkle of it um but no i think to me murray gold again I've loads oh, of people say there's music. Oh, he's just absolutely brilliant. Um, but uh, I think it's Kevin McClough and uh, who else? Who? Mark who, who, Yeah, I want to say him. He did the seventh. Uh, like, yeah, he I'm did. Gonna... It's also like yeah. Lynn did some of the. Uh, he did some of the um, kind of Baker stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah, I I love that. I I, I um there we go. That's that's one for the bloopers. Oh, I moved. Um, and so for me, music is so important with Doctor Who. Um, oh, yeah. It makes and it does, and it really makes you pump up. And in fact, there are some some songs that I just will listen to. It's instrumental, F-F. like yeah, I will I, listen I, to. Been listening to mainly Murray Gold tracks. Um. I I love Martha's theme. Mm. <laughs> I love Martha's theme. Um, I feel like that's the best companion theme out of the bunch. Voyage of the Damned is like, I think I saw a comic once that called it like the Bohemian Rhapsody of Doctor Who. It like has every emotion possible into it. I mean, um, Martha Triumphant. That one's a great one to listen to. Um, but I feel like one of the ones that I listen to the most at the moment is Silence in the Library. I feel like mm. that song 
that entire soundtrack for that episode sums up Doctor Who so well. It's literally yeah. Doctor, there's, there's, the music in that episode is Doctor Incarnate. It captures the mystery. It captures the emotions, especially um the greatest story that never was, never to, no no not the greatest story that never was the greatest story never told. That yeah. that that track is just. I, I used it in a Dark Days episode once because I felt like it's, it was like I was writing, like, what would I do if I was writing the penultimate episode of Doctor Who ever? Like, um, and it started like Doctor Moon and such, like, as the last incarnation. And so I used that to kind of finish it off because it kind of has that. It's just such a, it sums up the show to me. I love it when a track can do that. I mean, yeah. Boy and stuff like that really sums up the show for me as well. Yeah. I would have to say the one track that to me sums up Doctor Who is all the strange, strange creatures. Yeah, yeah. When So you have to think that I first heard it for the Series 4 trailer. Now, I want you to imagine you're sitting there, you're watching the trailer for the very first time and the bit where it goes, dum, 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 and you see David Tennant. Oh, brilliant. Catherine Tate. Oh, brilliant. Martha Jones, what? I Rose don't Tyler. Imagine. What? I don't and actually like, imagine I was there. <laughs> I oh, I was, oh, it was just like... It was insane. It was an insane time to be alive. I mean, um, you just had to be there, really. I mean, I, I, it's like, um, I can't remember. It was like uh, Corridors and Fire Escape. Uh, that was um one that played, like, it was like, um, it was after Partners in Crime, and they did... Um, uh, coming next, and it was like the entire season, and that trailer was insane. It's one of the ones that I'm most nostalgic about. Or was it? Uh, no, it was after Voyage of the Damned, actually, and it was like all of series four in like one trailer, and it was. Uh, it's still like it's aged so well, and like it's brilliant. It's, brilliant. It's it's like it's so brilliant. Yeah, but then but then coming up to sort of recent ones, I think one of the best, with, especially with the new composer, I can't remember what he he's called. Oh, Tigan Akinola. That's that's it. I think his best score has to be Demons of the Punjab. Mm. I, I I love Demons of the Punjab, but there's also one that kind of, there's two more that stick out to me really. There, there are quite a few in the uh, Grand Scheme of Things. I loved his music for Flux, like that 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 soundtrack in the Halloween Apocalypse when it comes to the cliffhanger and they do like the intense like uh, was it violence? Like it was violence and it's like that sense of dread and hopelessness. It was perfectly encapsulated in that music um and they let they the, the editors who have edited the um edited produced it together they really let that song shine which is what i loved about how it, the murray's the music was treated um, yeah. and i loved the spyful soundtrack i feel like the real yeah. kind of really worked with the show they really yeah. adapted that sort of way of doing things of course i love the um the Fasmin theme from either the Daleks, that song just—it's—it's it's a beautiful song. It's, yeah, it's really like. And uh, I, I knew another one. It was—it takes you away. And there's one moment in the episode where she's saying she's lost more, she's loved more, and the violins like really kick in, and it just adds to that scene so much. Like, yeah, it, it was just perfect score for that episode. And uh, a lot of people treat that one, that uh, Sigun's work more as background music. But when you actually look at it through the grander scheme of things, it does show up. Like it, it's, it's noticeable quite a lot. It's very ambient still. But then you get like a few banger tracks like Spymaster, 
um, mm-hmm. Ruth's theme, The Lighthouse, uh, all of Flux's music. But, but then music needs to be ambience. The thing is, yeah. music sets the ambience. Exactly. And I think, you know, yes, sometimes, well, and I would have to say a criticism of Murray Gold is that I think sometimes yeah. the music is too loud or it's too mm. in your face sometimes. And, yeah. you know, not to say that he's, he's a, but then that's with, with any composer, you know, you've got your good side and your bad side. I just think with music and Doctor Who, it doesn't get, I, I think, and well, of course, the theme tune. Mm. The theme tune. As oh, soon yeah. as you hear the first boom, 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 like oh, it just no, you get no shivers. You I, get I remember shivers. as a kid just waiting for new title sequences, and like every new reveal for a title sequence would blow me away. And even like the whisker one, waiting for that, and like what it's, what's it going to be? What's the soundtrack going to be like? Like, uh, what's it going to look like? And the hype I had as a child, and even like as like an adult wing for for Whitaker was just insane it was just like it's the same with TARDIS and series and everything really it's just what's it gonna look like it's gonna be amazing yeah and, like, and, that, and that's, yeah and obviously like when you have your own doctor and you create your own theme tune mm. um when I because I I had two theme tunes one well both that I made myself yeah um one I did completely from scratch I it was good but then I was like, it needs, something needs to be more. So I revisited it for um, for series, for the sort of, the end of series two. And mm. we'll, uh, I think it's obviously now on with the TT production stuff and with, yeah. uh, with, with, the, with the song, with the episodes now on Spotify, um, they've got the new theme. And in fact, I <clears throat> used um, or like obviously brought uh, some of Dalekanium's, uh, oh. you know, he, 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 he signed up for a patron and you were able yeah. to. Dalekanium really just, they do amazing music. I'm working with them on something. Can't really say, well, yeah, but it's going to be. Uh, if, I could, if I could have an inch of his talent or their talent, sorry, um, and I would totally just be absolutely. Uh, the, the one theme is the one thing that kind of I was like this is the queer doctors Doctor Who theme is the 1989 version that yeah. he made it's so good it's 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 brilliant it's fantastic I mean um, uh, I, I used um what was it uh time after was it time after time uh, yeah. well, it was really like it was kind of based on years and years I've been using that for dark days for like 50 episodes now uh but like I I'm I got um Jed to make an original one for series two. Yeah, and Jed's like, amazing. Oh, if, if, brilliant! He's Jed is awesome. absolutely brilliant. And actually, I got to I I've spoken to him a good couple of times, and he's not only he's a gorgeous person. Um, you know, he is. His music is is. I mean, I think it's far it's better than mine. I and think I think top tier stuff. And I talked to him about it. He, he was actually my first guest on this show. Actually, he yeah, was, he was. I can remember. And uh, I talk to him all the time. I've got him helping out with my fan film scripts, and he's he's an amazing writer, and he's amazing. He is. It, it's brilliant. He, he is, and you know, I think for me, he he actually also sort of like gave me some words of encouragement as well, especially with with, with hey, queer. Hey. And you know, I showed him the new theme tune, and just the look on his face of like this, and I was like, okay, it is like it, and he 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 showed me how. Like, and we shared music because obviously we're both making music and stuff like that. And it's great to bounce off with someone who was like yeah, a composer. Yeah. Um, 
and again, he's absolutely, I would love to meet him in person. Again, there is a few big fan doctors that I would love to, to meet and to work with and to kind of have a, basically almost like to have my, maybe possible a doctor, my doctor involved and mm. I'll, happily, I'll happily, you know, the thing is yeah. how I would want my doctor to enter is very much like Madison Montgomery in American Horror Story, you know, surprise bitch i bet you thought you've seen the last of me that kind of sort of yeah. sassy you know been, yeah yeah that'd be brilliant entrance you know but yeah i mean uh of course um there you know we're, we're talking about like there's uh you know you'll be in the end game saga at some point and uh of course i can <laughs> but i can of course put uh put a query of a few other doctors perhaps maybe maybe have a I mean, all I can say, all I, yeah, all I can say is, is that he is very much a flirt with with any gentleman doctor. So um, talk about self love, um, but you know, I think for me, I'm just I'm just happy to you know to 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 know people to, to get to know people and to see what you know. Yeah. If if people want to write for queer doctor, I mean, by all means, there's plenty of time. Or you know, if people want to use queer doctor, just come and ask me and. You know, or you know, I would, I would love. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's something. He's fast asleep. He is fast asleep. He is. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. Um. So uh, yeah. So is are there any other projects in the pipeline, or is it solely focused on Queer Doctor for now until it reaches the end? She said four series, and that's it. Yes. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. Because originally I was going to do five seasons, and then it kind of sort of dawned to me of I think four is enough. I think four is enough. um, We've got obviously um, a uh, a Mel uh, a a spinoff obviously called Melvin Mysteries. um, So that's coming out in September uh, time this year, um, just before uh, Queer Doctor season three. Um, In fact, we we've just we're about to rehearse but by the time we're recording this we would have um rehearsed for the uh last sort of episode of the series of this of this sort of pilot series so to speak yeah and then uh because i did like a little you know how like some marvel does like a a plan yeah Um, i have announced that i'm doing my own torchwood series uh called torchwood cambridge blue um but that's I've got bits of storyline it's just something that is going to be it's going to play before we go into the finale so to me it's how it's going to go it's Melvin Mysteries Queer Doctor Series 3 Queer Doctor Series 4 Torchwood Cambridge Blue and then the finale where yours truly gets a big four-part regeneration story so you know um, that'll be amazing I look forward to seeing what's in store for the future for Queer Doctor. And uh, yeah, so uh, I guess, uh, yeah, so should we round it up, I suppose? You know, I think, I, th- I, th- I think, I think we yeah. should. I think it's, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so oh, much it's been, for it's been a joy. I mean, uh, Tommy's enjoyed being here as well, haven't you, Tom? I'm, I'm sure he's very comfortable. I'm sure he's very, he's very, very comfortable. comfortable. <laughs> he's just fast asleep and then purring and just doing what cats do. <laughs> but yeah it's been wonderful talking to you um of course this is kind of the first time we've uh properly like talked on a call really. we have this is our yeah. first time our, been, uh, our very first time it has been wonderful talking to you for the first time and 
cheers to many more conversations in future. Yes, hopefully. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a wonderful talk to you. Thanks everyone for watching. Uh, you got any you know, channels and stuff to plug? That's the main thing. Uh, well, obviously we've got the TT Productions, uh, uh, which which will obviously be on in the description box below with our Patreon. Uh, obviously, I'll, uh, there is the Instagram and Twitter for Queer Doctor. So if you want to see see our artwork and keep us keep posted, then obviously you know that. Um, and then yeah, just those 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 are sort of the those are the ones as now being in the house of TT, so to speak. Um, yeah, uh, Queer Doctor season three is coming very 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 soon. Well, all those links will be in the description. Thanks for watching, everyone. Thanks for coming on the show. And yeah, make sure to subscribe. And yeah, see you, everyone. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye. Uh...